Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stutt, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. How can businesses in the construction and development industry balance growth and profitability with a genuine commitment to social and environmental responsibility? In today's episode, I sit down with John Williams, President and CEO of WNA Engineering and the Better Communities Collaborative. John shares his journey that shaped his commitment to community service, from working in a family grocery store as a young man to starting a small landscaping company that's grown into WNA Engineering, which is now a multidisciplinary firm with offices across the Southeast United States. We'll talk to John about how he navigates generational differences by creating a work environment that blends traditional values with evolving perspectives, his decision to pursue B Corp certification, and his mission to not only overcome negative perceptions of the development industry, but to influence others to pursue more conscious design and community impact. Stay tuned to hear practical steps that you can take to create lasting, positive change in the community you call home. John Williams, welcome to Be The Change Georgia. Excited to have you on today. Glad to be here, man. Glad to glad to be participating in yeah, this. Yeah, what a long, strange trip. It's been, oh God, it's almost been two years since y'all were a part of the B Collaborative at UGA in my class, working with some talented MBA students and came full circle and got you certified last year as a B Corp. But you had a, a rock star on your team helping you on that process as well. Yeah, Amy Kassane, uh yeah. corporate citizenship person. Yeah, she's great, man. We uh she's been she's been with us now for probably four or five years and really done a great job with B Corp and a and a great job leading our other building better communities efforts as well. Well tell us a little bit about Better Communities Collaborative, WNA Engineering. Tell us a little bit more about the company, what y'all do and the impact you're looking to have. Sure. Uh, WNA Engineering uh, started out as Williams and Associates land planners uh, back in 1999 in downtown Watkinsville, Georgia. I was 26 years old when I started the company, three years out of college. Uh, I'm a landscape architect by, by trade and training. Uh, started started the company, like I said, in 1999, and uh, we had a pretty good run uh, through uh, you know 2009, and the world shut down for a little while, and uh, had to had to start reinventing ourselves some. But for the most part, we were born out of the private development community. Uh, we do civil engineering, survey, and landscape architecture. Uh, we have a traffic and transportation division in WNA Engineering, uh, and then we acquired a company a couple of years ago and uh, rebranded it. It's an underground utility locate company called Groundhawk, uh, and um, that's really when we created the Better Communities Collaborative kind of um, umbrella company that sits above the two of them. Uh, and and sort of holds our values and and the back office stuff, uh, our administrative functions and things like that. Uh, but the the two primary companies are, are now WNA Engineering and um, Groundhawk. And WNA, uh, we have offices in um, Atlanta, Nashville, 
Charlotte. Uh, it was a small, small shop in Augusta, uh, soon to be a little bit bigger. So, and then Athens, of course, is our is our home base for both WNA Engineering and Groundhog. I love that you're. I, I love. I mean, people ask me all the time, why Why are you still in Athens? And I'm like, somebody's got to build this community, and it's 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 pretty cool, pretty unique that you've been here. Um, and I didn't even hit me there where you're like, wow, happy 25th anniversary. Coming up. I mean, it's it's coming up this November, actually. It'll be 25, I believe, November November 1st, maybe, something like that. I'm assuming some, something big planned? You know, we did a pretty big, uh, we did a pretty big 20th. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll make something out of it for sure. We don't usually let a opportunity go by that uh, uh, to celebrate our, our, our time here and what we've been able to do and accomplish in Athens and, uh, um, you know, sort of demonstrate, you know, our longevity to our employees and stuff. So it's great. That's awesome. Um, and, and when we were talking, you know, we, you said you started the company at a relatively young age, but you, when we had our planning call, you were telling me some really cool stories about working with your dad and seeing your dad operate a business as a child and kind of who you wanted to be when you grew up, you had a great role model. Yeah, not just as a business owner, but as a community leader. So can you talk a little bit about those early experiences and how it shaped your perspective on the importance of of both kind of managing that purpose, purpose and profit, serving the community and running a successful business? Sure. And I'll add to it. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of stuff, great stuff from my mom as well. I mean, I grew up in a small town uh, in South Georgia, Alma, Georgia. Uh, it's about 26 miles north of Waycross, right on top of the Okefenokee Swamp. Uh, you know, not not a whole lot there. We had a Hardee's uh, growing up. We got a Dairy Queen when I was in about the 10th grade, and that we thought we'd won the lottery at that point in time. Uh, but my, my grandfather started a grocery store uh, down in South Georgia. It was in the 50s back when, uh, you know, people still literally brought in live chickens and traded them for a five-pound bag of sugar and uh, you know, they delivered groceries to your house or they had a ticket book that, you know, everybody kept up with their grocery bill on and they paid it once a month or, or paid it when the crops came in, you know, um, my dad, uh, sort of took the, the business over with my uncle when I was in around the fifth grade and, uh, in the seventh grade, my uncle decided he wanted to do something different. Uh, and, um, my dad bought him out and came home and said, Hey, here's your uncle's keys. I need you to go to work. You know, store's not doing great at the moment. And, uh, I know I can trust you. And so in the seventh grade, I went into grocery business. And, uh, for those that live in Athens, the store, the store was about the size of bells on Hawthorne. So, I mean, not a, not a giant store, but, a you know, a reasonable size grocery store. And, um, you know, started, started working there and learning from my dad. And by the time I was in the ninth grade, I could do pretty much everything in the grocery store, order, hire, fire, uh, inventory, you know, I was looking at P&L statements for all for produce and meat and frozen food on a weekly basis that were handwritten by our accountants. Uh, I tell people sometimes that was my that was my MBA because, um, uh, you know, you, you, you go to college and you, you get a specialist degree and it, maybe it's engineering, maybe it's landscape architecture, maybe it's psychology. And there's not a lot of entrepreneurship and, and business acumen that gets taught alongside alongside those degrees uh, very many times. And so, so that experience, I think really helped me prepare for, for being an entrepreneur and, you know, kind of put it in my, my blood, so to speak. Um, but you ask about kind of the role model aspect of it. I mean, my dad, um, you know, he served on, on 
any board that asked him to, the Industrial Development Authority. He was on the board of South Georgia College. He was on the board of Waycross Tech for a while. Anybody that came in the store and asked him for something, you know, whether it was hot dogs for a cookout for the Boy Scouts or a donation for a beauty pageant or a golf tournament, I mean, it didn't matter. Churches. Uh, and, and when I was there, you know, my, my tenure there, actually, I, I retired from the grocery business in around the, when I was about the 12th grade, uh, because my, my dad and I, at, 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 by the time I got to the 12th grade, so I've been doing it for five years, I, I, I sort of felt like I knew more than my dad at that point sometimes, I think, which is often the case with teenagers. And, um, you know, since, since you know, maturing a little more, definitely understand that, that was not the case. But, uh, you know, he was number one, I was number two. And uh, we couldn't we couldn't go play golf or or go fishing without you know somebody getting aggravated about the bounty paper towel display at the end of aisle nine. You know, I mean, it was always it was always the grocery store. So I, I actually left, and um, he offered me some more money to stay. And I told him I felt like it was best if I moved on. So I, I went and uh, went to work for the only only clothing store really in town at the time. Uh, it was owned by the Cohen's family. Um, also with connections to Athens, all their kids went to school here in Athens. And, um, so I did that for a little while before I, before I went to, went to Georgia, but yeah, I mean, dad, um, you know, just can't say enough about the amount of time and energy and effort and care he took with the community of Alma, Georgia. Um, and, and at every turn really tried to do things to, to make that community better. My mom also had a great influence on my life. I mean, she was a high school history teacher and um, finished her doctorate after I graduated from college. So, I mean, her work ethic, my dad's were were very much aligned. A lot of uh, high expectations for us to to do well, get an education. But you know, she was a she was a female school teacher in a very small rural South Georgia town and experienced a lot of things that you know really have come to come to light in the last uh, last decade or so about you know equality and um, you know a lot of the policies and things that we do at WNA and, and BCC or have been shaped by, you know, her kind of pounding that into me as a child of, you know, this is how you treat people. This is, this is the way, you know, you need to try to align your values to something that's better than, than maybe what she had experienced growing up and as a female in that, that situation. So. But so I didn't know all those, but like the amount of parallels in that story where I worked for my dad he had a hockey rink and I refed hockey um, and the work ethic and, and just the amount of, uh, but that and how many people that, you know, couldn't afford their league fees or oh, you yeah. can ref a couple games and don't worry about it. And, and my mom was an AP American history teacher who got a master's at like in her mid fifties. So I'm, yeah. I'm sitting over here chuckling too, where I'm like, it's a very similar, but I, I was, you know, almost cursing that work ethic the other day. Cause I'm like, sometimes I can't relax because you close the store for a day, you can't get that revenue back. You can't. Well, those- that's right. It never closed. I mean, you know, we closed on Christmas Day and our phone would start ringing at home uh, about you know eight o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning for people that had forgot their Cool Whip and wanted my dad to go down to the store and open the store so they could get their Cool Whip. You know, it was uh, and we would go in on Christmas because you always had to check the cases. Right. I mean, if a, if, a, if a frozen food case went down, I mean, you lost all the ice cream. I mean, it was it was a mess. Um so, I mean, we would have to go in Christmas Day and walk around the store and check the cases, and we'd leave the lights off. And, I mean, there'd be people that standing at the front door beating on the door. My mom refused to answer the phone on Christmas morning. You know, if something would have been on fire, I guess we'd just missed it because she, would, she wouldn't answer the phone. You hit the nail on the head with the entrepreneur. Even, even if you get entrepreneurial education in college, which, you know, UGA is doing a much better job of now. I mean, there's a whole entrepreneur department, and you get the Delta Innovation Hub, but – it's hard until you've hired and fired 
till you've you've looked at the PL, till you've tried to figure out how are we going to make payroll or how are we going to pay this bill until you've done it it becomes very difficult and now that you're doing it and you've been doing it well for 25 years you've shifted into the position your dad was in to a certain extent where now you're leading people and you're inspiring and, and we even joked about this on one of our calls of you know, you're that person who's you have somebody working for you who's going to be on a podcast 25 years from now talking about my first boss, John, and what an influence he was on me. So how has that transition been and how have you navigated? I mean, and now it's almost the generational difference where you're going back to telling stories about the, the you know, the cash ledger, you know, the, the, the monthly ledger. How have you navigated some of those generational differences to, to create that work environment that is going to mold that next generation of leaders? Well, I mean, it, you know, that's a progression that's really happened over over a period of time. We talked about it. I've been in business for 25 years. I mean, you know, 90 percent of businesses fail in the first five years. And it's not really because people aren't good at what they do, whether it's, you know, cutting grass or, you know, running a day, you know, running, you know, babysitting kids. I mean, it's because they don't know how to run the business. Right. And that's what that's really what I felt like my dad gave me. But the first five years is still hard. And I mean, you're just scrambling to to make sure that you're building the business and and you're going to get profitable and, you know, you're trying to do the right thing. I mean, you're not, you know, discounting. I mean, I was donating to, you know, things around town from that period of time as well. But I mean, until you get past year five, and then for me after that, you know, 2009 hit and we sort of had to, we had 25 people in 2009 and we got down to 12 and had a, had a few rebuilding years. Um, kind of rolled out of that and started expanding again. And, you know, by then we'd been in business 10 or 15 years and you really start, even though I was still fairly young at the time, um, you know, start looking around and kind of trying to figure out, you know, what do you want it, what do you want the business to be when you grow up, when it grows up uh, for lack of a better word. And um, so, I mean, I kind of went on this journey of trying to figure out like, you know, what it was going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now. And, uh, work with Natasha Gannam at Lion Leadership, who you um, who you may know, um, to try to kind of get the mission, vision, value, the why, you know, the uh, why we're doing what we're doing, and 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 learn more about really like what it was going to be like to to manage a business with a new generation of employees as well, uh, because you know it's, I mean, I learned a lot from my dad. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, you know, if Dad told you to go out to the parking lot and pick up cigarette butts with a tweezers you didn't say why you said where are the tweezers i mean there was you know there was you did not you did not ask any questions you didn't you know you didn't pass go you didn't collect two hundred dollars you just you just said yes sir and rock rocked on and i think that you know business um through generational change is is evolving and has evolved and i think you know covid probably pushed it a lot faster uh than than uh, you know with the work from home and the the flexible work time and um you know, my philosophy is, you know, get, well, I got a lot of philosophies, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying, but, but also that, you know, if you don't evolve with the, the workforce that we have, that you have to work with, um, I mean, you're not going to be successful at the end of the day. Right. And, you know, I mean, I knew I was passionate about, um, building better communities and, and helping the community and doing great projects and, uh, kind of all the things that, that, you know, you want people to look back and say, man, that, that guy made an impact on our community or that business made an impact on our community. Um, but the interesting alignment of that is really that, um, the, the, the newer generations of employees that we're working with, 
genuinely care about that and how that aligns with their values and what they do and what they believe that they, you know, how they want to interact with uh, their neighbors and the community. So um, it wasn't a hard jump for me. I do feel like it has to be something very sincere. I think there's a lot, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But you know, if, if the, if the leader's heart's not in it and if he's not really, um, I guess, live in those values to, to, to a large degree, then it's not going to resonate as well. I mean, we, we grew from 35 people in June of 2020 to, I think we got just under a shade, a shade under 150 folks now. Um, and I think in large part because of the values that we're, we're doing, uh, things we're doing like B Corp or, you know, our maternity leave policy, our family leave policy, our flexible, uh, work hours, um, unlimited PTO. I mean, um, you know, my, my HR director and uh, another one of our, our female engineers went to Washington, D.C. And, and served on a panel for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce about work hour, work flexibility and kind of what it meant to, to this newer generation and how they how they work. So um, it's that weird element that, yeah, the 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 why this generation really just wants to know the why too it's like you know maybe that picking the cigarette butts up with the tweezers was the most effective way to get the entire but it was like but you just did it because you were told to do it and now it's yeah. like okay let me explain to you why this is the most effective means to do it and oh okay well then i'll do it um and it's it's interesting and and i want i mean you know like you said evolve or die but i think we're also improving, you know, it's, it's, we are evolving and I think we're getting better as whatever a species or whatever, a workforce of, you know, I have a, a, a younger Gen Z, my first hire, and I kind of did that intentionally, um, was the, the ability to show her why I'm doing what I'm doing and to see her pick it up and then to see her see things like sitting in the work, you know, in the work queue and going, I can do that and blah, blah, blah. And I understand why we're doing it and kind of like, when you see that light bulb click where it's, I'm not just telling her to do a task. I'm telling, I'm explaining yeah. to her, here's how I do it. And here's why we're doing it this way. And here's kind of the marketing thought I have of why this is going to be a good biz dev tool for us. And to see that like, Oh, okay, well then what if we did this as well? And you're like, like, I feel like I've, I've made a better teammate to work with now just by kind of getting, letting her kind of play around in the craziness that is my head. That's right. I mean, businesses evolved tremendously in, in, in her generation's lifetime. Right. I mean, it's, I feel like it probably rocked along. It was done a lot of the same way. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's until the environmental movement, maybe it's until the, you know, civil rights. I mean, all that stuff that came into play in the sixties and seventies and eighties, that led to, you know, our, our parents than us. And now this younger generation kind of thinking about things a little differently. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible, you know, that, um, the people that work for us that really care about, the communities care about their fellow employees care about the the environment the world i think it's a, i think it's a good thing i know it's a good thing. I remember you saying to me one time too that we were talking about kind of the negative perceptions of the industry of engineering, construction, whatever, building things and and 
and you mentioned to me that you know if if, if we don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Yep. Somebody's going to develop that. Somebody's going to put that gas station on the corner. Somebody's going to build that 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 new uh, subdivision. So if we can do it better than everybody else with regards to how we care for our people, the jobs we create, the the the, the concern we give for the environment and water runoff and all these things, then let's be in the business of doing this as well as possible. So how do you work to, to challenge and change those? I mean, I kind of spoiled your answer a little bit, but how do you work to challenge and change those perceptions with the, you know, the environmental impact and, and how do you take the industry you're in and, you know, I guess I'm asking, can you share how your company strives to be a good corporate citizen within the development business? Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, right? I mean, there's a, there's a faction of the population that is always going to kind of see uh, the engineers and the builders as, you know, kind of the, the evil faction of, of environmentalism. Right. And, um, but, you know, I, I try to, you know, live in as reality a base world as possible. And, you know, our population's growing. Our southeastern United States population is growing um, exponentially, uh, even beyond some other areas of our country. And, you know, ch- change is going to happen, right? If you're not growing, you're dying, right? I mean, at the end of the day. So um, there ha- we have to build new housing and we have to figure out a way to try to continue to make it as affordable as possible. And, uh, you know, with the, the houses come schools and shopping centers and movie theaters and gas stations. And I mean, so those things are going to happen, right? I mean, they're going to happen in Atlanta, they're going to happen in Athens. Uh, I mean, unless you have a city where the population is declining, they're going to happen everywhere. You know, so when we talk about, and I, I just had this conversation with some of my employees last week, we were talking about the, you know, building better communities is our, is our why. And, um, you know, somebody said, well, well, you know, we don't, we don't build, we don't hammer nails and, you know, vertically build, but I mean, but we're part of that process. And, and, and my answer to them was, well, I mean, that one of the reasons that I actually had building better communities way back in 1999 or 2000. I mean, one of the first uh, t-shirts I ever did had that on there. I think it inspires uh, conversations like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? How do you build better communities? I mean, you're a civil engineer, you're a landscape architect, and uh, it evokes uh, the thought process from our employees to be able to share uh, what they think about, you know, how we're building better communities. And like you said, I mean, I mean, somebody's going to design and engineer that gas station. Somebody's going to design and engineer that uh, single family neighborhood. And, I mean, if we can do it just a little bit better, uh, you know, if we can be a little more conscientious of the the tree save areas, if we can be a little more conscientious of, you know, handicap accessibility or pedestrian access or uh, do just a little better job on the stormwater management pond. I mean, we're going to do a, ultimately have a greater impact on the community, a greater positive impact on the community than someone who's not. And I'm not suggesting there's not other engineering companies that also don't try to keep those things in mind. Um, but you know, that's what we try to keep on the front of our minds, uh, as we're developing projects. And then, you know, sometimes you end up, you know, you end up with some really incredible community changing projects. You talk about the Georgia square mall redevelopment that we were able to come in and, uh, you know, after they had sort of tried one plan that didn't really work for the city of Athens. And we came in and said, you know, let us give that a shot. And we're able to get a, uh, a big, um, TAD project approved and it's really going to be a game changer for the west side of Athens and um, or the, the work we're doing right now with the classic center around the new arena uh, you know hotel parking decks and um, the kind of entertainment district down there that 
super impactful for Athens, uh, not only by adding you know tax dollars and revenue, people coming in from out of town, spending dollars there. But uh, I mean, I mean, those are great projects to work on. But you know, there's still going to be the, the you know the the storage facility or the gas station and stuff like that. That I think we we have a responsibility to do those uh, the best we can uh, and uh, pay attention to, to, to what we can and, and make them better. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's like a blessing and a curse. I say that all the time is, you know, I've stayed here and decided to build my business here. And I know some other, like one of our other B Corps, Kat Shane, same thing. She stayed here. She's building her business here. Um, you know, Creature decided to open here. Terrapin's been here for close to what, 20 something years. And yeah. And, you know, you're like, I might curse myself in the future, though, because when it takes me like more than 12 minutes to get from the west side to the east side of Athens, I'm going to be like, who did this? Where did all these people come from? Yeah, I mean, Athens is I mean, it's it's going to continue to grow. I mean, the universities come out and said they're they're going to add kids. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to forty five or forty six thousand in the next four or five years. And uh, and we are a university town. I mean, this the without the University of Georgia. Athens would not be Athens. Uh, we, we, we wouldn't enjoy all the things that we do and uh, the, the research that's coming out of there and the startups that's coming out of there and the entrepreneurs that's coming out of there. And, you know, we really try to support that as well. I mean, when we, we just, uh, we're involved in a, a project that, that uh, a company's relocating, well, like you said, building a new facility from California. Um, here's 1800 jobs, medical device manufacturing facility, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of investment. Uh, but I mean, they needed to be close to the university uh, they needed a talent pool, uh, for those engineers and, and folks to, to, to draw from, you know, it's Athens is a great town. Now the interesting thing about it is, um, uh, it has been an experience for me growing into other communities, right? I mean, we have an office in Atlanta, we have an office in Nashville, we have an office in Charlotte. Uh, and while they, we share our same values, uh, you know, everywhere is a little bit different and, and we try to be very cognizant of, you know, what what's important to those employees in that area for their communities. And one of the things that we do is our charity of choice uh, every year where we you know pick one charity per for us, it's called an impact center, but per per regional office. Um for that group to focus on throughout the year, whether it's with in-kind stuff or um, you know, volunteerism or, um, you know, even some, some cash donations and stuff. But, you know, we, we try to support those employees where, where they're at and in their home community so that they feel, you know, that obligation and responsibility to continue to, to build their communities better as well, not just Athens. So. Well, it's, it's putting on my, take. Well, I'll take the Be Local Georgia hat off, put on my culture and impact consulting hat and i'm like oh, that's, yeah. that's a great move it's a smart move but it does i mean it, it makes it feel like you're not prescribing like well john loves dog rescues or john loves this so we're going to do this everywhere it's what do you what do you care about and that is kind of that transition to to this new generation what do you care about and and if you care about it we care about it and let's get behind it and figure out ways to 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 you know drive volunteerism to drive yeah. those that excitement about the purpose that your job can bring to your, you know, it's not going to be your whole purpose, your whole existence, but that you actually are excited about who you work for and what you do for a living. That's right. And you, you ask about how we overcome that negative perception. And I mean, you know, one of the things that we do and 
I mean, I do a lot of things, you know, my wife and I, my family does a lot of things in our private life that, that, that we don't talk about because I'm actually a pretty private person. But when it comes to, when it comes to the companies, I mean, you know, we really want to kind of shout it from the rooftops and let people know that, you know, Hey, we, we contributed $50,000 worth of design time to the Firefly trail, or, you know, we're doing uh, a lot of work for ESP or we're doing, um, you know, we're, we have a volunteer day for MLK day where all of our employees get to, to get off and, uh, organized volunteer day. And, um, you know, we talk about those things because, um, you know, it lets people kind of see behind the curtain a little bit that, you know, we're not just, we're not the evil developer. I mean, we're not the guy with the sign on the, the sign on the side of the road when the bulldozers show up to cut the trees down, you know, we're, we're doing these things to give back and it makes our employees feel good about what they're doing. It makes them uh, care, you know, get involved in the community things. And, um, so, I mean, we're going to continue to do that and, and talk about the, but the other reason we talk about it, Nathan, is because, I mean, I'm a, I'm also a firm believer that, um, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that have done a lot of great stuff. And sometimes people get caught up in the fact that they don't want to talk about their secret sauce. Like how are you attracting employees or how are you retaining employees or, I mean, I really don't care. Like, I mean, if somebody wants to, to come in and say, Hey man, show me what you're doing for your family lead policy. I mean, we'll give them the policy. I mean, because the next evolution of us doing a good job is for us to, to try to help other companies know that they can also do the same kind of stuff uh, with the same, with the same results and, and continue to maintain, um, you know, an acceptable level of profitability, right. At the end of the day, the, to, to do that, uh, which is part of where we get, you know, talk to about B Corp and, and getting certified and, you know, why we did that and why we want to, uh, you know, use that on social media and use that for our employees and talk about, talk about those things is, I mean, if we get one other company to adopt our uh, flexible work policy or our family leave policy, then, you know, we've left it. Uh, one of my dads say, and we left it better when we found it. And it's funny. It's like you were reading my mind there. Cause I wanted to ask like, you know, you balancing the good and, and also, yeah, there's a lot of hesitancy sometimes to tell that story. But to me, I'm like our power, if, if, and I say this all the time when I'm talking about B Corps, if our mission here is to really change the world and right. to, to, you know, I, I've said I'm on a personal mission to help companies create jobs that don't suck. Um, that's my, that's my goal. And if we're doing that right though, it, you know, if you go back to like the business school mentality of what, what are we, what do we teach in business schools? Talent acquisition, talent retention, um, customer acquisition, customer lifetime value. And now we're baking in all these purpose-driven, you know, being a good steward of our environment, giving back to our communities, taking care of our employees. We're a adapting to the shift in the workforce, but we're also like, this is a tool to like, yeah, I want the best talent. I, I want to keep them. I want the smartest brains working for me. Yeah, talent, the talent is everything, man. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just John Williams sitting behind this desk right here. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do everything we're doing for our communities or, you know, for our clients, if it wasn't for the, the, the talent that's, that's willing to work here and uh, get behind our why and, and what we do. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think that's the most critical success factor at the end of the day, really for a company is, you know, how do you attract and retain the best talent and in whatever sector you're in and, and then those people really enjoy coming to work. I mean, we do employee surveys once a year, um, you know, asking, you know, would you recommend people to come work for this company and, you know, consistently, you know, 90, 
95% of our employees say that they would. So, I mean, that's great. Um, and, and, and it's really something that I take to heart and we continue to try to get better and, and work hard at to make sure that that continues to be what they say. Um, I mean, do we, do we make mistakes? Oh yeah, we make mistakes. Uh, do we, do we try things that cost us money that don't work? Yep. We do that too. Do we, uh, um, do we start programs or, you know, go down a path and realize that, you know, it's not going to work out and we need to change course hundred percent when you're not chasing every single penny of the dollar. Right. I mean, you, first rule of business, you got to make money, right? We wouldn't be able to give back. If we didn't make money. Um, but if you're, if you're willing to let a few of those pennies go, uh, to try different things and to, you know, put yourself out there a little bit and you're willing to, you know, when, when they don't work, you're willing to say, Hey man, this didn't work. We got to change course and your employees, you know, can respect that. That's good too. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, there's a lot of humility in your wisdom too, of, of, knowing that, you know, you're spending money sometimes to make money, but also if we can't make payroll, we can't stay in business. And if we can't stay in business, we can't do the $50,000, you know, pro bono work on the Firefly. We can't do amazing days off, volunteer days. We can't have all the perks. When it, and you start chasing that and you kind of spiral to a, to a, a non-existence, unimpactful, just kind of a, a, well, I wouldn't even say another company because you probably won't stay around. Well, it's really interesting because, I mean, I think you've asked me this before, and I know that, you know, one of the things that that U.S. Chamber of Commerce flexible um, family initiative that we were part of, we were the smallest company in it. I mean, other companies were like 4,000 employees or 2,000 employees or whatever. I mean, and we're, you know, here we are at 150. And I think one of the reasons why they wanted us to, to be in there was because we offered a different perspective of things that they could do. I mean, you know, we're, we're never going to have... I'm never going to have a childcare facility in my office profit. I'm never say never, but I mean, we're not at that level. Right. I mean, you know, we can't, you can't support that with the, the gross revenue that we have. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of companies that are a lot smaller than we are. Uh, and they're like, well, I mean, we can't do any of this stuff because you know, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. Well, I don't buy that. I mean, I think that, you know, there are steps, there are things you can do. I mean, there are paths you can start down, you know, it's not super expensive to get B Corp certified. And a lot of the stuff really doesn't cost a lot of money. It's really more of a commitment of how you're going to act as a company, right. At the end of the day uh, and some smaller things that you can get your points and stuff, but uh, you know, whether it's being a little bit more flexible with your schedules so that you can uh, allow your employees time to go and, you know, watch a little league game or, um, you know, see their daughter, you know, cheerleading or whatever, then uh, you can do that. Um, you, know, you can start a recycling program. Uh, you can, um, there, there's a lot of small things, a lot of small steps you can take before you get you know, to where we're at. And then there's a lot of stuff in between us and like Google and Microsoft and, you know, those guys that, you know, we just, I would love to be able to do all those things, but it's just, it's, you know, yeah. And you get creative. Like you said, you can figure out the way to, you know, like, Hey, I want you to, I forget who I was listening to somebody on sports radio and they were talking about coaching for somebody who always said, I want you to be taking your kids to school. I want you to be able to pick them up. Like, and I don't want to see you here to let, at some point there's a, there's a diminishing return. I don't want to see you here at midnight scheming up, you know, a, a thousand what ifs. I want you to spend these time because your kids are going to, you know, you're going to miss opportunity. You're going to miss your life to be here. So how do you give that balance where it's like, no, we don't need the child or, and it's not even a feasible 
option to build a childcare facility that's fully staffed, but I can make sure that we give you the flexibility to, to be there for all those moments, to need to leave at the drop of a hat to go pick up a sick kid. Like we can do all these things. Absolutely. I use you as an example all the time when I'm telling people about B Corps and the growth of the Georgia community. And I always say, you know, there's this company up in Athens and they were already doing it right. You know, because even Creature, Creature was doing it right, but Creature was still fairly young when they started this process. Y'all were 20 some years into being in business when you went, we're going to do this. So what was it about getting the certification that just made sense from a, because I hear that argument all the time. Well, we're already doing all these things. So why would we take the certification? So what was your kind of driving force? Was it Amy in your ear? Was it, oh, some cool MBA students from UGA? Like what drove your decision to kind of say, you know what? I think this is the right thing for the business. Let's see if we can go get it. I mean, I, I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, right? It's really, um, it's really being able to, for other people to see what we're, what we're about, right? That, that, you know, we're making a statement that, you know, yeah, we check these boxes. Yes, we're going to do this. Yes, we're going to consider, you know, our employees, our community, our planning and decisions that we make, um, you know, for the company um, and, and the commitment that that we're we're saying we're going to continue to do these things, uh, our employees see that. You know, we're able to talk about it on our social media. Hopefully, somebody else looks at it one day and says, "You know what? I we could do that." And yes, we were doing a lot of the things, right? I mean, when we went over the list. You had the students come over. Really, was fantastic. Uh, that program. You know, would we have done it without that? You know probably one day, but man, they made it a lot easier because they came in and sort of got all the low hanging fruit, right? It's like, Hey, let's evaluate you and see where you're at. And, you know, the point system, like how many, and we had a lot of them. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to do much, but we did have to do a little bit. Right. And so the, by getting officially certified, um, uh, you know, we, we checked those, those boxes that we had left that, 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 we had not checked before. And I, I think that there's a, a lot of great conversations that come out of that. I mean, I've enjoyed talking to it about our employees. It's sort of like the building better communities thing. When I was talking about my employees, I mean, B Corp is still fairly new. If I tell 10 people that we're B Corp certified, how what, maybe one, two, maybe three of them that have ever heard of it. And so it's a conversation starter, right? It's like, what is that? And why did you do that? And uh, or why would you do that? And it, it gives us an opportunity to tell our story and kind of who we are and what we're about. I know when I used to work for uh, Advic, who came, well, I was a student on that project. That's how this whole thing started. Um, what a long, strange trip it's been. But I remember as time went on, going back to the Classic Center for job fairs, for UGA career fairs, and more and more, at first people, everybody knew Salesforce. And then they came up and they just wanted, to, I saw you were a B Corp. And also he had all these students lined up. And of course at first, like the rest of the team that was there, I would go up and cause I lived here and they'd be like, Nathan, can you go? And so they'd just be like, another person wants to talk about B Corps. And by the end of it, it was like our whole team could have this conversation about what it meant, why we did it. And it was just kind of cool, but it was like, Oh, this young generation knows what they are. But You're absolutely right. I think that the younger generations know a lot more. I mean, you know, I mean, we got, I got a, I got a, I mean, my youngest is in elementary school and I mean, they're, they're talking about things at that level, you know, whether it's about you know, personal health and healthy habits or uh, sustainability, environmental education, all that stuff. I mean, I mean, 
that didn't happen when I was a kid. I mean, you they weren't talking about that kind of stuff, right? So, I mean, the kids that are coming out of high school and college now are way more versed uh, than 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 I am, or I was, or and probably you were coming up uh, at our age, and certainly more than our parents, uh, which is again not a bad thing, a good thing. Yep, hundred percent. Well, I promised to get you out of here quickly, but you had a lot of wisdom to drop, so I wasn't going to cut you off. So, John, I just want to thank you again for coming on. Um, exciting as a fellow Athenian to to have another B Corp here. We have another one that's recently been certified, an architect. We've got an architect, an engineer now, and we just need like a GC, a couple subs. We'll get them certified. We'll get them to the UGA program. But thanks again for coming on and and sharing some of that wisdom. I think. The way you tell it and and the story and the background and it, everything it's just a it's just a really awesome story to hear and i know that you are inspiring that person who's going to talk about you in 25 years about what a great boss and what a great person you were and an influence on their life so i appreciate the time and thanks for coming on nathan i really appreciate the opportunity it's always great to get on and, and it's great to see you and great to uh to be able to talk about our companies and and share our story so uh, thanks thanks for the time Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening, and now go be a leader worth following.